0: to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses. This podcast is just us chatting, as we often do, about anything and everything property. Before we get started, I'd just like to put in a a quick request. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do tell someone else about it who you think might enjoy it as well. And for today, uh, I think we're going to start off, Stuart, with a a problem tenant that you've got at the moment. Do you want to give us some background?
1: yeah unfortunately, I'm sure many of us in the property industry are seeing this at the moment. Fortunately, you know the ninety percent plus of the tenants I have and as as you know, you know I've got a number of rooms but also a couple of um a couple of buy to lets. one of them mentioned on previous podcasts, Upton left disappeared, so we we never saw him or his partner again but I would like to add, they did leave the, the, the flat in very good condition. They tidied it and everything else. So they were very respectful, but uh, didn't communicate for a month or so. And then we found out they left. So that, that was one. I have another one where we've had very sporadic payment. In fact, we, we received no payment literally from the moment that the, the, the lockdown was announced on March 23rd or whenever it was. And it was interesting at that time because I think... The kind of ability to pay was was said basically that they, they said they couldn't pay continue to pay the rent after the the notice, but the rent was due before the lockdown announcement, I believe. So we'd had some challenges previously as well with missed rent payments. This is pre pre COVID. We then didn't have payments for a, for a month or so, maybe two months. I don't, I don't know the specifics. Unfortunately, the, the tenant had lost their jobs and we, we looked into that and it seemed to take some what, time to get the universal credit. But then the the, the payments have been lower. We've, we've had sort of rent payments that have come in lower, sometimes just £5 lower than they should be. The, the arrears hasn't been resolved. And the biggest frustration from my perspective and from a, an investor stroke landlord perspective is that I've always said to the tenants, just communication is key if they're in a problem. And we've had this problem for some time now and all I've been asking for via the agent in this case is a plan I just I just want to know what the plan is for for the for the rent and then uncovered because I said what's happened with the rent I seem to be getting paid on a new day oh they've moved the rent now being a renter myself I said well you can't just simply move your rent day because actually that now means it when they've moved it back two weeks I said you've essentially got a six week month then, so i 'm now missing two weeks' rent as well as the previous few months, and the the the, the agent who I have to say didn 't actually call that out, and they should have done uh, so we 're in a situation where i 've got this problem tenant we 'll put it in that basket mm-hmm. and you and I were discussing the eviction so w- when we say this is a this is a podcast about us chatting, hopefully it 's not us moaning it 's just us it's just us talking about. <laughs> And learning together, because I learned, because you, you were talking about the new eviction rules, because, you know, my, yeah, I haven't looked into it in depth, which I, I absolutely need to. But you were talking about, uh so, so we know that it's now sort of six months, I think until March now, before we can evict tenants basically for non-payment of rent. But you were talking a little bit more about what underpins that and that there are some other areas of that. Yeah, the... We, we, first of all, let, let me just say, this is a,
0: a dangerous podcast to record because these rules do seem to be changing on a, on a weekly, if not daily basis. <laughs> so there, there's every chance that between us recording this and uh, the, the date it's due to go live, everything we're about to talk about will be wrong. <laughs> so anyone listening to this, please don't rely 100% on what we say. Not, not only are we not legal professionals. We are also recording this in advance. So, so do, do you check the actual final rules and the ones that, that apply at, at the
1: time uh, when you, you need the information? When in doubt, speak with a legal professional, not your local podcast. <laughs> yes, indeed.
0: <laughs> Mostly good advice, unless you're looking for light entertainment. So as it currently stands, the, the overarching principle, I think, of the new notice period rules are that you should expect to need to give six months notice. This applies to section 21 and section 8. So section 21 is no fault eviction. So it's when you, you're just asking the tenant to leave. Uh, generally speaking, it you, you can be for, for any reason. You, you, a reason doesn't apply effectively. And uh, section 8 grounds is when there, there is a reason. So they're misbehaving in some way, or the rent is overdue, or whatever. There, there's, there's a whole collection of different grounds within Section 8 that, that can apply. And pretty much all of them now have a six-month notice period. And the, the stated aim is that that will apply until the end of March next year. So that, on the surface, sounds bad. You you now have to give six months' notice, and of course, Stuart, you mentioned one of your concerns is that once you give notice to a tenant, especially one who's struggling with rent or what have you, they may well actually at that point just say, "Oh well, I have to leave anyway, so I, I'm not going to bother paying any more rent now." Yeah, you you can't do anything to me for six months. You can't start the court process until the end of that notice period, and then even when you do start the court process, we as, as Seasoned uh, landlords know it can then be a number of further months beyond that, and that, that's in normal times. Never mind times now where, where courts are extra stretched because of of COVID issues. So uh, that's not a very inviting prospect. However, the the new regulations do seem to include some other options, perhaps I should say. So, if your tenant already has six months of rental arrears so the 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 words used here are and rent arrears at the time of service of the notice are not less than six months quite why the language has to be so confusing i'm not sure but anyway
1: legal what, <laughs> what they get paid for just to make make it confusing
0: <laughs> right um make sure that uh that you have to speak to a a legal professional just to actually understand the words. (laughs) But anyway, so if if your tenant owes you at least six months' rent, then you only need to give them four weeks' notice. So if a tenant has stopped paying rent and they've already got a bit of a backlog that's built up over the last few months, it may actually be beneficial to wait another two, three, four months and then serve a four-week notice period rather than serve a six-month notice period now and, and then suffer the, the ongoing lack of rental payments for another six months. So this, this is not simple. This is all very convoluted and far harder than I feel it should be. Mm. But anyway, um, and there are also other shorter periods available. So, for example, if you're needing to evict someone for uh, antisocial behaviour, uh, again, you can do that with a, a notice of four weeks. And I think, although I can't see it right in front of me, in in this that I'm looking at at the moment, there's also a, a shorter period for cases of domestic abuse. So you can, I think, again, that's a, a four-week notice period, although as I can't actually find that on that, oh well, sorry, I can't find that in this document in front of me at the moment. Uh, speaking of which, this document uh, is a, a very thorough article on a website called nearlylegal.co.uk and we'll, we'll include a link to it in the show notes.
1: Yeah, and I did question that website just for the audience's benefit. It's 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 a bona fide legal website just for anyone that was concerned <laughs> about the website searches that were going on. Nearly Legal is, is totally related to legal. Just wanted to get another caveat out there. Yeah, it's um,
0: written by a a lawyer who specialises in property law, so, uh, so yeah, very, very much um, appropriate for for us. And it's, it's an excellent site actually to subscribe to, to the emails from you, uh, it, he's, he's normally very prompt at posting
1: new articles about changes to the laws and regulations. Well, it's brand new to me, and I have to say, it's it's uh looks like a really useful. Resource the one that I will be adding. So I've I've learned from this episode, if nothing else. <laughs> so,
0: I think from what you said, Stuart, your tenant's not currently six months behind because they've been paying bits and pieces. So, do you have a feel, or, or do you actually know how how many months' worth of rent they currently owe?
1: Yeah, that's the question. I think I need to go back and check, but I think they didn't. I think it's probably about three months' worth. It, where are we, August? Three or four months, it will be. Okay, so you're probably not quite at the six-month level. So then the
0: question is, what are they currently paying? How quickly would they get to that six-months-behind point?
1: So Yeah, so that's the, when we say six-months-behind, Is that are you thinking about that as a total value? So, for example, if the yeah. rent were £500, they would have to be £3,000 in arrears? Yes, exactly yeah. that, yes. Okay. Yeah, so I don't think they're quite there yet. They're probably... Probably two thirds of the way, I would say.
0: And you said that they've shifted the date that they're paying each month. How much of the the rent owed are they paying each month?
1: So, so that would be basically half of the rent. So for what? So there is half a month as well to add to that. So,
0: and so and so every month there's another half month to add to to their their debt effectively.
1: Well, no, the way I see it is that one month they should have paid. Six week period, but they're now paying on a new set date. Okay, so you uh, at the point
0: at which they pay, they've built up an extra half month of debt. Yeah, then are, are they paying the full month's
1: rent currently when they do make payments? Mostly, I mean, sometimes laughably, we are literally a few pounds short. So I appreciate it's very, these conversations are very difficult. This is another thing when we have these types of conversations because I don't want to sort of walk into Rogue landlord territory and sound like these sort of uncaring landlords that we're all painted to be. And I can say with, with my hand on my heart, I have reached out to the tenant even personally just to ask for what the current situation is. There was a period of time where we had no communication, no payment, and this is pre-COVID, by the way. Mm. No communication, no payment, no nothing. Where I said to the agent before I reached out, I said, "Look, all I want to know is you know what the situation is if." the tenant is struggling. I just want to know that because I can plan for it and I can at least speak with the tenant because I understand if you're in a difficult situation and the world looks like a dark place, what I would like to do is alleviate some of that and say, look, you're having challenges. I'll tell you what we'll do. We will pause rent for three months, four months, you can get back on your feet and actually that would take something off the tenant's mind so that that is my thinking. so i just want to be really clear that we've had these conversations pre-covid so that's happened we've had non-payment pre-covid and then obviously we've had the covid situation so i like to think that we've we've taken a a proactive helpful stance on it before we've gotten to this stage And i just wanted to make that clear because you know that
0: yeah i have
1: integrity and i have kids and if they rented i'd want the same for them so yeah, exactly. I think, uh, as you say, even, I mean, obviously
0: the ideal would be to talk to the tenant and say, you owe this much rent every month and you've got this much historic rent owed as well. So let's look at a payment plan where you pay the month's rent plus a little bit of the the, the debt off every month. But you're absolutely right. It may well be that the tenant just isn't in a situation where that can work at the moment. Mm. So perhaps for the time being, you'd actually be saying well, how about um, we work out what you can afford every month? And maybe that's only 75% of the rent that they actually owe each month. So every month they will be going a little bit more into debt. But as long as you you know that's the plan and you know that they have a a longer term plan for in a few months being able to find a new job or in a few months choosing to move out themselves to somewhere where they can afford better or, or whatever, then at least you know where things are going. And as you say, you know what to expect. Yeah. Um, it, it really is all about communication and knowing
1: what both sides can cope with. And I, think, I think the challenge with rulings like this from the government is, is not that because I'm sure every one of us would agree, we want the vulnerable, we want those in need to be protected. We don't want people being kicked out on the streets. We want we want that to happen. We want security. However, we also have to have, bear in mind that there are two sides to every coin and that equally we have businesses. These are businesses and that there has to be a level of ownership. You know, for me as a renter, I was in a situation where I thought I mightn't be able to Meet my rent requirement. I the first thing I did was I spoke to the landlord about it. It so happens that we were able to work it out. And you know, I'm not pleading poverty by any stretch of the imagination. But my point is that I had to take ownership from that and go, okay, how could I work this out with whomever I need to work it out with? And my biggest concern with with a period like six months is that it takes some of that ownership away from that percentage. And I'm sure it's a small percentage of people that like to not take ownership for, for what they do. Because if you're in a situation, I think, where if you are working and you're saying you can't afford the rent, and we don't know that's the case, but if you're not meeting your rent fulfilment every month, then there's clearly a challenge there. Then clearly you need to look at other options. It, we've, this, this property is a, is, a, is a lovely property, overlooking a park, it's Victorian, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'm saying, well, maybe there's now another option for you. Yeah, and I know there are, because... You know, I mean, in the property game and in the area. So there comes a time when you just have to say, actually, maybe I can't afford this. And that's, that's where we come to. You know, so yeah. it, it's, it's, it's not that, they've, that they are now not working and in a, in, a sad, in a bad situation. So they are working. Maybe they're not earning as much as they were before. But you and I both know that if that happens to us, what would we do? You have to
0: look at making adjustments. Mm. um so that you can you can fit things in again to, to to the means you you have and yeah whether that's making savings in in other areas of your life or whether that's finding a, a new property that's uh, that's more within your budget then then yeah that, that's just the actions you you need to take and it may well be that you need to ask your your current landlord or your uh, property owner or agent that's what i'm trying to say <laughs> um about options for that. And you, you need to say, this is the, the current situation. I'm taking ownership of it. I can't afford this, this rent anymore. Um, I will pay what I can. And I will, will be looking for, for something else instead. And hopefully, the the landlord would be uh, able to show some flexibility in helping to support that. And mm-hmm. um, of course, landlords often rely on their income to, to provide also rely on their rental income to provide for their own food and housing requirements so there isn't always that much flexibility to be had there but uh without communication without talking about it you just don't know
1: no no and and that you know brings up the the past prospect where i think one tenant i had simply said well just get yourself a mortgage holiday and again for me that is it's not. A, it's not a generic attitude. I've seen. It's been a, you know, a, a marginal one, but is again one of a an attitude whereby responsibility wasn't taken. So the responsibility was. Well, actually, I won't pay. You can just take a mortgage holiday. And my response was, but if you can afford to pay the rent, you should be paying the rent. And by the way, a three month. I can only get a three month holiday if you that if you're under duress and you can't afford the rent. Which, if you can, is should should be happening and also I have to you know we've talked about this on previous podcasts and and unfortunately I think it's come to fruition is that as soon as I took if I took a mortgage holiday I would then be in a negative place because I would find it more challenging to get mortgages now that has happened because of the bounce back loan we've talked about so I think I've, in my view as well as many others has been proved right which the banks may have offered it but it it would have consequences so yeah. Where people aren't aren't considering their responsibilities, they're just trying to hand it off onto others, like the landlords. Where we actually do have to face up to those responsibilities.
0: Yes, exactly. As mo- moving the problem sort of along the chain doesn't actually solve it. Mm. It's um, it, it really does just move it. Um, have you seen the? I think they're I think they're calling them tenant hardship loans that they're offering in Scotland. This is. Uh, an interest-free loan that's available to, to tenants in Scotland to help them cope with the effects of, of COVID on their, their income and obviously be able to afford to, to pay their rent.
1: No, I haven't heard of that.
0: No, I haven't. I haven't read very much in more detail on it, but, um, but yeah, it does seem to be a thing, and quite a lot recently, where where Scotland leads, England and Westminster seem to follow. So, so perhaps we'll we'll see something along those lines well, introduced
1: it's it's positive in a way where it's putting responsibility where responsibility should be because in a commercial environment you know there's been a bit of an uproar in terms of uh, commercial tenants retailers restaurateurs not paying rents now are the commercial premises owners taking that line down of course they're not because they're the ones that own the properties but <laughs> this is getting me on my. It's getting me on a bit of my soapbox, which is, I feel like as landlords, we get the can gets gets kicked down the road until it gets kicked to us, and then it's well actually no, the landlord can take it because what we're effectively saying here is that we will have to stomach the losses because because we are, and even if we can, you know, we all know the the challenges of the process. We'd have to wait six months, then we serve the notice, then we've got to go through the courts. Most of us, well. Certainly, from my point of view, depending on the level of rent, I would just say, if I can get the property empty, I just want to move on and get going. Depending, you know, I have followed some things up out of principle, but why that has to sit with us as landlords, I don't know. That's, that's the thing that, uh, that gets my goat, Simon. Well,
0: I, I'm going to give you sort of two answers to that, I think. So, right now, in, in these uh, unprecedented times of COVID, We are all feeling massive impacts from uh, the the war on the virus and our government's choices around how to deal with that. And, of course, everyone in society needs to to help and work towards the war on the virus. However, the choices that the government make in how they are going to react to it and the things they are going to change in our, our society, they need to take responsibility for. And I don't think it's fair that a can is kicked all the way down the the line and and lands at the the landlords um, when it's it's the government that actually uh, kicked the can in the first place. Mm. Um, They they should take responsibility for that and and deal with it. However, outside of of these unprecedented times, I I think landlords do take on a level of that responsibility because that's part of the, the business of property you accept that there are risks and this is why there are quite reasonable rewards and why it is not an appropriate business for everybody because um, not everyone will have the reserves to to cope with that or the um, the, uh, mental fortitude. That's the phrase, thank you, yes, (laughs) to actually uh, see themselves through it. So uh, I I think that there's, there's multiple answers to that and obviously at the moment you're talking about it in In COVID times and I completely agree.
1: It's it has changed. Everything, really. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. And I I wouldn't complain about it. I've I've got about thirty-seven rooms, some are with students, some are young professionals, some are empty, some get trashed, as we've talked about. But you're you're absolutely right. I accept that. And that was my choice, you know, as a business owner to go into that business. So I'm I'm completely with you. I, I think my, uh, just to be clear from my side for the audience, just so I don't sound too unbalanced, is that I think <laughs> so, sometimes the, the odds, certainly from a governmental perspective, seem stacked slightly against us. So that's all I'm saying, really. And as every landlord and in, investor knows, we are dealing with a numerous elements from the government in terms of, you know, the removal of tax rate relief, mortgage interest rate relief, and so on which i which i won't go into here because i think we're coming towards the end of the podcast so hopefully i've i've now stepped back down from my soapbox <laughs> yeah but before we go full-on moan we'll, uh, we'll we'll draw it to a close <laughs> <laughs> um
0: okay so i think it's my turn to uh to close things up this time so i will simply say Again, if you have enjoyed listening to, to us moan and complain about things on this episode um, and maybe even educate you a little bit on, on notice periods, please do tell someone else about this episode and this podcast. Point them to thebusinessofproperty.com, which is also where you can sh- find show notes for all of the episodes. And we will see you again next week. See ya.